0: Back in just a moment. This is Atlanta Chiefs soccer. Penalty area. Let's see. There's an argument going. The goalkeeper cannot move until that ball is kicked. Here it comes. Oh,
1: this is. Welcome to Peach and Pitch. In this one, Atlanta United is a wallflower at the Boston Tea Party. Winter came early after a loony night at the Benz. The future of American imperialism is at stake in Friday's Banana War. And Ethan might have to leave the show early after finding out coffee is a diuretic. All this (laughs) and more on today's episode of Peach and Pitch. I'm Alex Bragan,
0: And I am Ethan Montegudo. And no, I will not have to leave the show early
1: to go to the restroom, I was kind of hoping that Ethan's very gullible. So you know, if you if you get him a little riled up about something, he
0: scurries off to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, let's hop right into it. Two r- rather disappointing games.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd have to agree.
1: One on Saturday, one on Tuesday. The one on Tuesday is. Sp- especially bizarre given that it fell during the international break and I Would have to think it was probably the only professional league game played this entire week Unfortunately due to construction delays at Mercedes-Benz But what are you gonna do about it? And that was against Minnesota United, but we'll start off with New England Revolution hmm sum it up in one word Ethan. What do you think?
0: i i i don't know that i could sum it up in one word not on the spot i'm not not that good Boring. But what, I, what yeah yeah, my, yeah yeah that's what i mean i would definitely have to agree um and the whole that's it as the game started i couldn't help but just salivated the opportunity to dissect this metaphor that was the football lines painted over yeah. the soccer lines on the pitch and i was just it's disrespectful. Yeah, thanks, you know? Robert Kraft.
1: Yeah, the owner of the New England Revolution is also the owner of the Patriots. Right, and he's really been used as sort of a mirror or a um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? A counter to Arthur Blank. Sort mm-hmm. of a tale of two owners. Antithesis. Yeah, the, yeah. an antithesis. The, great. Wow. Yeah, you know, fantastic. I'm Ethan, a thesaurus, baby. Every once in a while, he comes out with this moment <laughs> every of brilliance. Once in a while. Yeah, you, you just, he can uh, lulls you into thinking that he's possibly, you know. Intelligent? At, well, no, I was going to say, typically you're a little bit challenged, learning wise. But um, no, yeah, Robert Kraft is typically considered to not really care too much about the revolution and on full display. Right. Pretty much every time they play. Absolutely.
0: and And that's, and, that's a fair argument foil. to bring up. Yeah, that's there. what I was...
1: Character foil. There you go. To Arthur Blank. I'm sorry I had to get that out. No, you're good. I'm glad you
0: got that off your chest. <laughs> but, I mean, you bring up a good point. If the Falcons and United can do it, then New England and the Revolution should be able to do it as well. I mean, if you have a game the next day, yeah, it is Sunday football mm-hmm. in the United States. That's great, but get the lines off the pitch. Come on. Well, like, and
1: I, I, I want to know how hard is it for that grounds crew to get out there and do it. I mean... I want to say that Gillette Stadium is natural grass, isn't it?
0: Mm, or is it turf I'm as well? Almost positive it's turf. Yeah. Well,
1: regardless, at the bins they were able to do it. Uh, I was at the LA Galaxy game a couple weeks ago, and right as soon as the game was over, the grounds crews out on the field, repainting, scrubbing it with whatever weird chemical concoction they have to scrub it with to keep it clean. But it's, it's a professional stadium. You yeah. know, Robert Kraft has billions of dollars at his disposal. So for them not to change those lines, I think it shows a clear intent in that he just doesn't care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's nice. Like you said, it is nice to have an MLS team that you own to be somewhat an after- afterthought. Like, mm-hmm. it's nice to to be that successful, have mm-hmm. that much money to where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, the... Revolution, we'll mm-hmm. tell them we'll paint the lines yellow, it'll be all good, exactly. don't worry about I it. I
1: forgot I forgot I owned that team. Yeah. Whatever. Well, uh, tactically, much less intense pressing from Atlanta United, mm-hmm. I think we we're just sort of resting up, it wasn't necessarily a crucial game, as was the Minnesota United game mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. E- even though it could have locked up second place for us. Um.
0: I will say that during the um, the New England game, the defense played well. They only allowed five shots on target. Guzan played really well as, as well. That's a bit repetitive, but um, you know what I'm saying.
1: I do, and it we weren't exactly going into the Lions' den. Gillette Stadium, by no means <gasps> feared by the rest of the MLS. It was uh, underwhelming, to say the least. A clean sheet, nonetheless, one point. I guess, and that's and that seems indicative of this game. Just there's really no excitement that we can talk about. There were a few chances. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph Martinez got stopped a couple of times <clears throat> around six yards out, but beyond that,
0: wasn't what? Game. Yeah, was not much to talk about. Not when to write home. Um, but in that game, we are we were starting without Emil Osad. He was eventually subbed on, which mm-hmm. I think was a smart move. Um, no Almiron, but then you look towards the Minnes- Minnesota United game, and we yeah. have no Yosef, no Almiron, no Lorenowitz, no Garza, no Walks, and no Guzan. So, yes.
1: That's, yeah, let's turn our attention because that was definitely yeah. the more interesting of the two games.
0: Absolutely. And people are asking me how we lost that game. We don't have five of our starters. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. And we still, we still managed, even with a red card, to squeak out a, a loss by one point. I mean, I guess if you're – trying to find it's, the good in the situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's <clears throat> every terrible experience has somewhat of a silver lining. And it's that we know that there's some depth to this Atlanta United squad when the final whistle blew, we had our third string left back, Mikey Ambrose on the field. We had our fourth string goalkeeper, Alexander Tampakis, the Greek, the Greek national who we tweeted out was actually our first ever signing. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Wow. I mean, what a bizarre game. So to kind of summarize it succinctly, not much going on in the first half until the dying embers when, Oh God, what's his name? Galandis. I don't, I don't know. The Minnesota United striker gets the ball and I'll, I'll get back to this a little bit later, but Tyrone Mears, terrible positioning, uh, instead of we we turn over the ball in the middle of the field, and instead of immediately turning back, he sort of takes a little bit of, of a second to get the defensive gears going again. He's yeah, in position to make the stop, and
0: not not necessarily known for his defensive prowess. Between him and walks, walks is mm-hmm. the more defensive guy, and he's known more for his offensive ability. But that being said, you have to give credit to that goal. I mean, that was oh, a that was a a stunner. Wow. Like he blasted that thing. He did no games with that.
1: No games at all, and I think whoever the British announcer is for Atlanta United was, oh, Atlanta United fans are even inclined to so clap for that. one. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, it was it was pretty solid. goal. It was, but but Gressel,
0: yeah, not, Gressel, not a
1: bad goal himself. I know Tito equalizes mm-hmm. in sixty something minute, uh, but not before Kyle rainish Get sent off with a somewhat not a controversial red card in the call, Mm -mm. but it it sparked somewhat of a controversy. Well, yeah, I mean, and the proceedings.
0: It's because it seemed like the ref didn't want to give out reds for some reason because there was a questionable challenge on Tito Tito Vialba as well, and yeah, and everyone was waiting for the red card and it never came, and then. Same thing with the with the Rainish challenge. Everyone was waiting for the red card, and he came flying out. Clearly, mm. well, not clearly, I guess. But if you're on the pitch, you're expected to see that kind of thing. And yeah. it just seemed like he was not ready. When I, mean, I, I guess is in a certain certain extent, is a good thing that he's not just dealing out reds. But exactly, you'd like to see him take control and and
1: well. And after rewatching it, it's really on Kyle Rainish. There's a little bit of hesitation when he sees the break. And he doesn't have the jump on whoever was coming in. I really I really am underinformed about the Minnesota United players. It might have been Dan Lottie or maybe Finley. Either way, Rainish needs to be on his toes. He wasn't. The ref originally originally gives a no call. Mm-hmm. Then and they then, look at that replay. Exactly. They go to v- VAR, gives the red. But as he's walking over to the VAR, he gets hit with a half- Have full beer. Yeah, and you know what?
0: (laughs) Fan through the cup of beer. He has indeed been arrested. So take a breath of relief. Thank Mm. goodness we have this criminal behind bars. I
1: know. Apparently the ref said he sustained facial injuries.
0: Sustained injuries to his face from the assault was the official report. Even though it hit him in the back of the back. I mean, they're acting like this is like, an acid attack mm-hmm. or something. You- well,
1: and let me take a controversial stance real quick. By no means am I, um, lauding the actions taken by that. Absolutely fan. not. I condemn them yeah. categorically, but at the same time, let's not go have a media circus and plaster this guy's face all over yeah, mugshot. the internet. Yeah. I mean, f- f- I understand that crimes of passion exist. The guy was <laughs> probably hammered Absolutely. and he made a split second decision to throw to throw the the cup again, I'm not saying that was okay, but let the man live out the rest of his life in peace. This is gonna follow him. It's it 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 really posed no significant threat. None to the ref. None. And it and was it distasteful? Yes, absolutely.
0: It's probably just a dumb bet. His yeah. drunk. <laughs> friend was like, Hey, bro. You won't, you won't yeah, you won't throw that.
1: And okay, he did. bet. <laughs> and he did. So. Getting back to this serious stuff, the meat of the game. We wind up losing off of two uh, two late goals, one in the 90th minute and then one in the 6th minute of 7 minutes of stoppage time, a very controversial stoppage time because a lot of people did not think there were 7 minutes of delays in that second half. I'd inclined to, degree to agree too agree. It's been a it's been a long morning. Yeah, I'm a little fried.
0: You can always count on one of those from you every show. Malapropism. But anyways, um, I believe that the the crux of the matter is we had five players out. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that there's much to worry about moving forward. Um, as long as we have our sides healthy looking towards the New York Red Bulls and the yeah. Toronto game. I'm not I'm not really either. concerned.
1: I, I, I was just very frustrated with the Tyrone Mears' defensive play last night, and I, I think that he was the reason for the first goal. Him and Kratz let um, – what's his name? Let Colin Warner go off that second goal, and he just heads it in to a waiting – whoever played it in and the Ramirez just kind of dinks it into the goal – and then Mears, again, doesn't close down the wide man on the winner. And Kevin Molino just so, heads it
0: right in. So needless to say, he Tyrone Mears is going to be your Peach of the Week. Sounds like.
1: Yes. Yeah. He's going to be my Rotten Peach of the Week.
0: <laughs> your Rotten Peach of the Week. Um, Very good. Yeah.
1: I, the Peach of the Week for me, I guess... I'm going to have to go with Gressel again. I think he played phenomenally.
0: Interesting. And in Minnesota I, United. I also I also picked the the youngster. Really? I did. Two weeks in a row, we both concurred. Interesting. Doesn't That's, happen often. I know, I was
1: going to say, it doesn't happen often.
0: But I mean, fifth goal of the season, gives Atlanta the 2-1, 2-1 lead, and great goal, by the way, cuts back and just has a freaking ripper. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, very, very impressive. He's been effective in all aspects of the game, filling in for Almiron, doing a really great job. Um,
1: and I'd really like to see him take on more of the workload next year, uh, to be honest. We haven't quite wrapped up Yamil Assad yet, so if Yamil for some reason gets recalled back to the mother club in Argentina, Gressel could take the reins. We'll see. It's still possible for us to get second in the MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, the scenarios that would see that happen are if New York City draws two and Atlanta United wins both. If New York loses one and draws one, Atlanta United does the same, except with a draw and a win. Or if New York City loses two, Atlanta United draws one and wins one, you kind of get the idea. Basically, we need New York City to underperform. Mm-hmm. And we could still possibly get that first-round by. I'm not crossing my fingers. We have two tough games uh, against the Red Bulls and Toronto FC coming up. We'll get a little rest under our
0: belts, come back healthy. I'm a, you heard it from me. I'm not too concerned as far as going into the playoffs is yeah. concerned. Um, I think we're going to do just fine.
1: We should be riding a wave of support. Absolutely. That Wow, that was... That made absolutely no sense as a metaphor in that situation. So <laughs> let's, let's turn our attention.
0: Yeah, we can just go <laughs> ahead and move on to the uh, U.S. men's national team who has a relatively big match coming up.
1: Yes, the biggest in 30 years. Arguably. Yeah, it's the first time since 1986 we have the chance of not qualifying for a World Cup. It would be devastating. Yeah,
0: to say that, and I would say that that is absolutely 100% an an, an understatement. I mean, and I'd hate to go all patriotic, but like Mm -hmm. I said to you, we are the United States. You just have to consider how we compete on an athletic stage globally. We're arguably top five, and and I'd say in most regards, if if, if you consider Olympic sports, all that, there is absolutely no reason why the U.S. should not be qualifying mm. for a, a global soccer tournament like the World Cup. It it, it would no excuses. And it, for those of you who read the uh, article on our blog about Alexi Lawless, don't agree with pretty much everything that he says except for that. And mm. I 100% agree. His that comments they, about yeah, the
1: U.S. men's national team. Yeah,
0: in regards to them just picking them apart essentially and calling them out. Um. Wish the responses would have been different from the players, but um, we'll see how they react in this. Yeah, upcoming match. I, I wish
1: they would have responded with a bit more fire. It seemed like a somewhat subdued response,
0: sarcastic, just trying to put, make exactly. it into a, a funny situation when it when it was not.
1: But you know, I'll I'll say this about the entire situation and the fact that we're even in this precarious on this precarious of a perch is. Really, there's systematic dysfunction in the U.S. It's a top-down problem, and it it needs to start right at the bottom. It needs to start with the fact. Uh, it needs to start with the removal of pay-to-play. It needs to then extend into reworking the recruitment system so that the best players don't have to go to college, where they then get four years taken off of their careers. Um, it, it's, I'm woefully unequipped to tackle the problem on my own, but I just think it's something that cannot be analyzed at this, you know, final stage of the apotheosis of all these players' careers and then saying, oh, you're diseased, you're not playing well. It needs to start when these guys are 10 or 11 Absolutely. and getting subpar coaching and, and that's what I think that that Atlanta
0: United is uniquely positioned to do. And I and this is what I said to you the other day, is, is that they can do two things, one of two things going forward. And it's they have all this youth talent on their team, and they can either sell to bigger clubs and become something like Dortmund, where they're just cycling through this youth promise, selling the promising young youth players to bigger clubs, taking that money and in turn investing it back into more youth players and doing the same thing. Or which the second option, which I think is what they totally should do, and granted, they may not have enough money to do it. I don't know what Arthur Blank's bank account looks like. Mm -hmm. Probably is very large. But anyways, that being said, they can hold on to these guys and farm them into a team that can compete internationally. And I think that is a great step forward that the MLS could take. They could set the tone for what quality is in the MLS. And I think that goes right hand in hand with what you were just saying is building from the bottom. You see Atlanta United having success with their youth teams moving forward. If they're able to hold on to these players... I don't know why you can't start a revolution in the MLS to where it is the expectation to 100%. have this type of quality and that's how you change the environment. It just yeah. I mean Arthur Blank is already making huge strides with this club but Yeah, I mean, he has an, has an opportunity to really
1: the script in terms of what an MLS academy can be. And we're really malleable right now. We're sort of still defining ourselves and I think we have a chance to be the first homegrown MLS club or at least a club that attracts European talent at in the or in the prime of their careers Um, we were talking about last night we don't want to see a lot and come over here because that would actually be somewhat detrimental to the project to turn our attention back towards the national team though they're going to be playing Panama tomorrow in a game that is crucial for World Cup qualifying Mm -hmm. if they Mm -hmm. draw then we can only secure a fourth place spot which would then us play the winners of the either Syria, Asia, or, Oceania, yeah. yeah, playoff game. Either Syria or, or, or Australia. Australia, yeah.
0: And so that being said, we have no Kellen Acosta and no Josie Altador who have been listed as having injuries, yeah. but we are bringing back Jeff Cameron and that speed demon DeAndre Yedlin at right back, which I think is more important anyways because the issue in the the Honduras-Costa Rica match, am I correct? Yeah, Costa Rica was... Right, was the defense. It was the the defense. It wasn't that we were having much issue producing attack. holes. But the the defense definitely looked questionable. Um, And
1: Panama is a team with a lot of speed at the front, so there's some question as to who's going to get that start in the back line. I say we start Jeff... He's got the experience, but it's it's really tough to say with how they've been playing recently. There's also no consensus yet as to whether or not Bruce Arena is going to start Guzon or Howard Tim Howard. Apparently, it's going to be a game time decision, as
0: it should be. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean they're the they're both at the point in their careers where I feel like there is no definitive. Front runner in that competition. So I think you pick who's who's most informed and I mean I obviously have not been keeping up with the Colorado Rapids but uh, Atlanta United Brad Brad Guzon has been playing very well man of the match against Revolution was
1: it I believe Uh, I think so yeah to keep that I mean
0: even if even if he was not man of the match I could be mistaken um, he played out of his mind playing very well exactly so
1: a must-win, or at the very least, a must-draw for the U.S. If they win tomorrow, then on October 10th we'll play Trinidad and Tobago in Trinidad and Tobago, and if we win that game, we'll qualify in third, lock up a World Cup final spot. And
0: Bruce Arena needs to happen. Bruce Arena making comments in regards to the the, the show out for uh, the Orlando or. In Orlando, fumbling around. I'm going to make a plea to the people in Orlando. We need you out supporting the U.S. team. I think the last time out in New York, we didn't have the kind of venue that we need to have in these games. That's important. Hopefully we have a crowd that is very supportive for the U.S. team, and they can maybe drown out the supporters of the visiting team if that's the case. So if you're in Orlando, try to make your way to that game. Support the U.S. national team. Although
1: apparently the European players on the squad have remarked that the pitch at Orlando is is rather hard to play on.
0: It, I wouldn't be surprised. Orlando's, I feel like and whenever I, I played,
1: artificial. In, or... I don't. I
0: there's something about that grass in Florida, and yeah, and, and it's and, a very compact. It's, it's like rough, infertile yeah, infertile soil. Yeah, that sandy soil. I don't know.
1: Well, here's to hoping that the U.S. men's national team qualifies. Game tomorrow, and then a game on October 10th, which I believe is next Tuesday. Indeed. <sighs> Fingers crossed. Fingers Hopefully, crossed.
0: we can pull it out. We'll we'll, we'll make it happen. I,
1: I've we're sitting about eighty three percent odds, I think, and if we win tomorrow, we're at ninety two percent. So the odds are ever in our favor. Marco Golo Now, time for us to look to Europe, look to the rest of the world, and see what's going on this Saturday. Our beloved Liverpool faces Manchester United. That's a matchup of seven v two in favor of Manchester United, who are on 19 points.
0: And I thought it was interesting. I saw something on Twitter, and I thought it was a perfect mm-hmm. representation of Liverpool. And it's a car divided into three different parts. And it says... Back line on the back of the car, midfield in the middle of the car, and forwards strikers at the front of the car.
1: Wow, they really had to think hard about that. Yeah,
0: so so the back end of the car is just this beat up like station wagon piece of trash. The middle is like a slightly better. You're looking at like a maybe a 2012 Honda Civic used, Mm -hmm. and then you got the front, which is like this Lamborghini like (laughs) McLaren type deal, which is a pretty good perfect representation of the squad in its entirety. Back line is just. Piss poor to say the least. Midfield, if we have Coutinho healthy, you can see him pulling strings. He's making plays, and then that that front three is very strong with Firmino, Salah, and um, Mane up there. Mane, lots yeah, lots of pace, lots of Brazilian
1: talent. Um, it's it's really. I would expect us to come out guns blazing. I think we have some stuff well, you to have prove
0: because you know that man, you side is going to. Oh, it's stacked. Is going to get buckets on the that Liverpool defense. Absolutely. Hello, sir.
1: <laughs> this guy is uh, eyeing us up from outside. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just threw me off my game a little bit. That was okay. He thought you looked pretty cute in oh, here. Thank you. For doing your job. Um. Yeah. So I. I I'm not necessarily gonna. Proclaim that we're going to get a win, but it'll be an interesting one to watch. It's a 730 AM kickoff. So uh, That's gonna be hard for us to wake up for although we got to be in here Saturday.
0: We do producer training producer
1: training So hey, come on you reds Elsewhere Barca bluster apparently they're auctioning off a jersey for the quote Unstoppable midfielder Paulinho or is it did they say unstoppable striker? I Let me get their exact verbiage. Yeah, the unstoppable midfielder Paulinho. Uh, (laughs) Too much? Too soon? I don't know. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And also in Barcelona news, because of this whole Catalonian mess, which also we just released an opinion piece from our wonderful contributor, Ben Aiky. So please go to our blog, peachandpitch.wordpress.com to check that out. Uh, He's a phenomenal writer and he's made some really good points. But... Because of the Catalonia referendum, the Barcelona fans are not going to be allowed to travel to Atletico Madrid. And apparently they had 67 tickets already sold, so those fans will be allowed to go uh, go over there. But just an example of politics spilling over into sport, somewhat unfortunate. Yes,
0: nothing, something we know nothing about in the United States, right? Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> we are totally apolitical.
0: Yeah. Other, other headlines... Um... What do you make of the Orlando City Epcot situation? I want to hear your opinion. Is that, First, let me. So let I'm me a little re-
1: underinformed about. Okay, this, yeah, I'll, to be
0: I'll inform you. Essentially, Orlando City, I'm. I'm assuming the majority of their players, and then some ladies that I'm assuming are coming from Alex Morgan's uh, professional, yeah, yeah, professional side. Um, but anyways, Alex Morgan is dating a midfielder for Orlando City, Servando Carrasco. Okay. Um, and they basically just got blackout drunk in really? Epcot, and someone was quoted as saying, <laughs> in reference to Alex Morgan. I observed a white female who was later identified as Alexandria Morgan yelling, screaming, and taking videos and possibly pictured pictures. She appeared to be highly impaired. And this is followed by a quote from the same person saying, Deputy, Deputy Johnson heard Miss Morgan make a loud verbal statement that she knows the Orlando SWAT team. So I, if that's any reference... To what kind of state she was in, um, yelling at the police officers that she's going to get the SWAT out.
1: Every aspect of this story just reeks of absurdity. It, First of all, these are professional soccer players. Second of all, who goes to Epcot and says I want to get smashed? Yeah, weird. It's a family venue, right? I right. mean, it's it, I've never once in my life have considered going to Disneyland and partying like you don't have a stag party. In Orlando, it's it's like the land of TGIF Friday's. You know?
0: <laughs> They're making it too easy for, 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 for really me to are. pick apart this Orlando Orlando that's, city.
1: That's weird. Is that you're getting cheeky?
0: Uh, it it honestly can be. I think that it's absurd enough. Absolutely. It,
1: yeah, getting cheeky. I really have nothing for getting cheeky. Uh, I had a pretty you know pretty good week, so nothing nothing, nothing, about you. nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Well.